Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I'm in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hello. And Andrea Smith, technology reporter guru <laughs> extraordinaire. In the studio. We're Very in the excited. Studio. We're, by, we're three three people back in one studio again. It's much better this way. Although Andrea and I had an amazing time at Sandbox Summit last week, um, which is just a conference, a day and a half conference. All of, This year was all about imagination and play with some of the biggest, brightest, smartest so minds. Cool. Amazing. So creative. So, so over the next few weeks, we'll we'll bring you some interviews from that with people from Lego and all sorts of um, you know interesting people. Um, but today, we are going to jump in and talk about three different topics. The first is based on a new study that came out that says quality of time spent with your children is more important than quantity. And then we're going to talk about when you should let your kids quit, which is a loaded topic, I think, for all of us. Um, And then we'll have our digital dilemma of the week and our bites of the week. So let's jump right in and talk about this study. This article was in the Washington Post. Um, It's based on a huge first large scale longitudinal study of parent time. And it's coming out in the Journal of Marriage and Family. So I think they sort of leaked a bit of the study to start getting some press about it. But it said that it appears the sheer amount of time parents spend with their kids between the ages of 3 and 11 has virtually no relationship to how children turn out and a minimal effect on adolescence. It includes academic achievement, behavior, and emotional well-being. So... I don't even know where to begin with well, this. This did not surprise me one bit. It didn't. I mean, think about how much time our parents spent with us when we were kids. You know? And we're brilliant, right? Totally. Totally. My, we turned out just fine. My mother brilliant. spent so much time with us. Really okay, well, well adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. look how she turned out. But here's the thing. I mean, first of all, one thing I have to point out, there were a lot of um, complaints about this in the comments. So none of this looks at kids from newborn to three. First of all, right, which is the most which pivotal, is, right, which is a really, really huge important factor yeah. in kids' lives. But so, be that as it may, from age three on, you know, for me, it kind of gives like this huge view to working women everywhere who feel so guilt ridden about not being home with their kids, right? But the problem is, then they get home, they have like twenty minutes, maybe you know, between dinner and bedtime. And they want to read to their kid, and they're so stressed, you know. And, of course, I would tell everyone, put down your phone, put away your tablet, read a real book, you know, try to give your kid 100% one-on-one attention. But one of the interesting findings in there was that if you're stressed, your kid is going to know it. Mm -hmm. And stress time doesn't count as good quality time. Well, we always say that, right, that you're better off with a fulfilled working mom than a depressed, anxious stressed out mom, um, which could be a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, you know, either way. So, you know, it's really interesting because that is what they say, right? It's quality. So it's almost like you need that whole idea that you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before your children, that sort of cliche um, that's tossed around, but true. And one of the things that was really interesting is what they said had the highest correlation with child success was no surprise mother's education level and and income income. 
So when you talk about things that cause moms to be stressed or dads to be stressed, it is lack of money, lack of support, lack of resources. Of course, that's going to trickle down on your kid. I mean, I think it's interesting they pick 3 and 11 because for most people in a certain income bracket, their kids are starting preschool. So there is a relief from um, the parent, if it's a stay-at-home parent being all the time, or there's might be somewhat of relief on having like full-time care, or daycare, whatever it is. Maybe you have a pre-K that's a little more well-rounded, more of a school situation. Certainly by the time they're five and in kindergarten, your kids are now at school for eight hours a day. Um, so you can see how your parent time has less, a little less to do too. Yeah. But uh. but it doesn't address the people who um, are in a different socioeconomic uh, reality who have to work. You know, no matter what age their kids are, they have to work. And so I think the message is clear, though, that even if you do have to work as opposed to want to work, as long as you view that time that you have with your kid as special time that you're bonding with them and kind of nurturing them and teaching them um, and not and, and really trying to be stress free in that zone I think that um, this study shows that that makes a difference. Right. One of the things the study said that was unbelievable, I think, that parents who spend the bulk of their time with children under six watching TV or doing nothing can actually have a detrimental effect on them. Hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thinking of my husband and son. Um, well, but the other interesting thing was what they said about dads, right? I mean, you know, we all, it's actually showing that dads do spend more time with their kids now. Right. Well, it also said that working moms are spending as much time with their kids as stay-at-home moms of the 1970s did. Yeah, that's awesome. That is And I'm being ironic. (laughs) And that is fascinating because it is that you had your kids go out and play. Your kid, we talk about this a lot, about unstructured play. And now not only are kids, you know moms let's say you are staying at home now you feel like you have to be signed up for classes with your kids starting at two years old your kid right. needs to be in soccer swimming and, and mommy and me yeah music yeah. at two years old yeah. and some of it's a social outlet for you as a mom or whatever and a lot of people i know if they have a babysitter or a nanny they do it because they're worried that their babysitter or nanny won't be doing enough with their child so they yeah. feel like if they have these classes then they know they're doing these activities when maybe it's okay for a kid to just be zoning out on the floor stacking blocks by themselves and I think that's really hard for a parent to be okay with and it's definitely hard sometimes for someone who's hired to be okay with because yeah. they feel like it's their job. Well and the parent's expectation is more you play with my kid when I'm not there because I'm going to be too exhausted to when I get home but and we're going to talk about this on another uh, episode of the podcast but we learned so much at the Sandbox Summit last week about allowing your child creativity time to just play on the floor. And not be structured, not have a helicopter parent, and not have somebody kind of controlling the play. So, you know, it's important to do that. Yeah. So how, okay, so let's let's go around the circle. Uh, <laughs> so how much time do you think, Amy, you spent with your kids, like, hands-on? Not just like you're there, because you were there, because you were stay-at-home mom. Yeah. But like, I don't know, physically, actively... Well, they, they make stuff. a distinction between those two two kinds of time in the article. I think they call it, what do they call it? Engaged time and passive time yeah. or something like that. I will admit that even though I'm there a lot, it's almost all passive time. I was never, I mean, I'm not talking about when my kids were babies. I'm talking about once they became toddlers and above. And I was just never really into like getting down on the floor and playing dolls with my daughter and 
and all that stuff. I mean, I would do it sometimes because it made the kids happy, but I kind of hated it. Um, so no, I, I don't spend a ton of engaged time with my kids. I'm there, and if they like say, hey, can you engage with me? <laughs> I will say yes, but I'm not usually the one to initiate it. But you have meal time with them. Yes, right? I mean, that's one thing possible. the study talks about is that, that that quality time doesn't have to be time on the floor, right? It yeah. can be the reading at bedtime. It can be playing at bath time if they're little. And it can be just, as they get older, meal time. Yeah, now it's yeah. meal time. It used to be, you know, we, we'd, we'd play board games and stuff like that. We've really gotten out of that. I can't remember the last time we did that. Um, actually, they play Monopoly with my husband all the time on the Xbox, and I can't stand playing it on the Xbox. I want to do that. <laughs> not but yeah. the same. You can't no. go one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a hugely, I don't want to put it this way, I'm not a hugely engaged parent. I, the, I'm, I'm there. I'm not always. You're available. I'm available. I'm available a lot. So for us, it was about mealtime. I mean, we both worked. My husband traveled almost every week. Um, we've, I've said before, I worked three days a week. So I did have the luxury. Mondays and Fridays were play date day. And so after school, you bet, I wanted to go have a play date because I wanted to meet parents. You know, I wanted to socialize with my son. Um, and we did play dates and we did things or we would cook. Um, mealtime, I mean, I'm going to say, including now, and my son just turned 25, we have family dinner. When everyone is home, we have a family dinner together. And that's just something that was expected of him. And when he had friends over in high school or junior high school, and they ate over, and they sat at the dinner table with us. And when he first brought home a girlfriend, you know, he was a little, there was a little trepidation over, uh-oh, how's this going to go? Um, but, you know, she was delightful and carried on a conversation. And so for us, it was really about engagement at mealtime. We didn't, you know, have cell phones 15 years ago when we started this or 20 so um, that wasn't an issue so you know I think that there was really engaged time and then the days that I was home it was some passive time Um, but I also like that we created that habit of when we are all together we're all going to eat together and we all talk that's probably still the biggest takeaway from this right that first of all that mom should stop feeling guilty Mm -hmm. um, about working Period. Um, and, and dads, it, it's it a whole thing on dad time, too, that it's the same thing, that it's about that quality over quantity. Um, and that your kids need their own space and time to not feel like you have to be on them. I mean, I definitely have some friends who there is always an activity. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. for I couldn't do it. Um, but I, I mean, I think because I had twins, I kind of never had such an issue because they always had each other um so i was with them a lot but i but they had each other they to had play each other with, right? they, and, and that's yeah. awesome right. yeah and so I, I had an only child so it was like oh right. can you play with me please <laughs> right. i mean club med was great because right. it was like okay kids camp for you and the beach for mom right. <laughs> yeah it's interesting i mean pro- and probably flips the other way too which is like i didn't make play dates that often i was like eh, you have each other like yeah. whatever um but i think that it's interesting. I think it's more about parents now have to like look at these studies and feel okay 
with the choices they make. And moms especially need to, like, take a step back and... Oh, get rid of the guilt. Get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, if you love spending time in that way with your kids, then do it. But I think I think for a lot of people it is driven by guilt. It's not that they really, really love it. They just think that they have to. Or maybe to. people think they're not doing a good enough job because they're so full of guilt. Like, oh, my God, I'm not spending enough time with my kid. Then... You know, if you can get rid of that guilt, I think you can just appreciate the time that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also if you are coming home from work and you're so stressed out, like if you are in that position, like, swear to God, walk around the block before you go into your house. Whatever it is. like Wine. Yeah. Cause what the, but it's true. Have a glass of wine. I used to say that when we would travel. When <laughs> wine I'd, works. When I'd be in Italy, I'm like, I'm such a better mom with a glass of wine. Um, or, or my mom used to have a, a great rule because she was a working mom. And she wanted to spend time with us when, when she got home. But you know how it is when you walk through the door and three people attack you? That was me and my sister. So she had a rule that we couldn't talk to her for 15 minutes after she walked in the door. And it was kind of brilliant. It really worked. It would kind of get us to calm down a bit and then approach her in a more reasonable way after 15 minutes. My mom had a friend who would do, like, mom spa. So the idea was they would, like, massage her feet. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Give her a manicure. <laughs> nice. And they loved it, right? The little girl's like, oh, we get to do mom spa. And she was like, yes. You do. <laughs> I, I used my daughter used to love to do my hair. That was time I loved to spend with her. I right. love having my hair played with, but she's lost interest. Right. But sometimes it is just very simple stuff like that. Um, people feel like they have to like have a planned activity or do something with their kid, but really just like chill, sitting, chill, just chill with your kid. Obviously, don't watch TV. They said, but like, <laughs> but like you know, read a book, take your time, have your kid cook with you. Like it doesn't have to be a I used to love doing that. I used craft. to love having my son come and cook with me. Yeah, yeah, I and he can cook fun. now. Right. Like he knows how to cook. It stresses me. I like having them cook with me if we don't have to get it on the table anytime soon, and it's just for fun. But if it's like. To, to actually get a meal done, no, it stresses me. It's <laughs> not quality for The you. kitchen is my domain. All right. I think she's a control freak. Exactly. A little bit. <laughs> well, a little bit. Speaking of control freaks, um, <laughs> so let's move on to our second topic, when kids want to quit. Now, Andrew and I actually just had this discussion um, when we were at Sandbox and we were talking about things that you let your child quit and then they're mad at you later for letting them quit. Like you kind of can't win as a parent. So you either can make your kids stick with something knowing that you as the parent kind of know better and that no kid wants to practice, practice, practice all the time. Or you can say, yeah, you know what? You tried it. We did it. Like, you're obviously not for you. Go ahead and Move quit. on. Move on. Well, my feeling is that every kid has something that they love. If they haven't found it yet, you just have to keep trying more things. Like, my kids both tried a bunch of team sports, didn't like any of them. And then my daughter found dance, and my son found taekwondo. And that was it. But here's the question. Did you let them drop out of the team sport during the season Ah. or did you ask them because this is key for me did Um, you ask them to finish the season or just leave it well here's the thing in general (laughs) once my children start something I make them finish it if they if we didn't know if they would like it I would try to find a short season or just sign up sign up for six weeks whatever so that you know no you you can hold out for another three weeks you're fine You, you can stick it out my son did several summers of soccer near our house it was Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Not that we ever made it there once at 7 a.m. It started in like late March or early April when it was still cold. And it went all the way till November when it was really cold. I hated it. 
I hated it with a passion. So in the middle of the third summer, when he said he didn't want to do it anymore, I was like, thank God. And I just let him quit. (laughs) That was it. Done. I didn't care that we had paid for the whole summer, whole season. Didn't care. I think it is such a tough thing because I think, um, like in that case, I I would never would have done that anyway. (laughs) My mistake for starting. Yeah, that's Um, not happening. But I think that it's hard for a kid to want to stick with anything, right? They have no perspective. And when you see people who are like amazing musicians, amazing athletes, they really didn't love it all the time, right? They didn't. You talk to these musicians like their parents made them practice. They weren't at four like, I can't wait to pick up that violin. Like they're just, they weren't. Um, And same with, you know, I mean, aside from Andre Agassi, who hates his father. But if you look at like the Williams sisters, if you look at people like that, it's because they had a parent who truly did say, like, you're doing this over and over and over and over again. And I think most people in the back of their head recognize their kid's not going to be the Williams sisters and they're not going to be Andre Agassi. And, like, why am I pushing my kids so hard, like, to stay with this? And then you become afraid of what she says in the article, which I think is really interesting. Sometimes when things get hard, especially girls just want to give up because they're not going to be the best at it right away. And they'd rather not face failure. So they'd rather just quit. But there's a big difference between trying to be a tennis champion, which is going to involve hours and hours of practice every day, and just saying, okay, you've got to pick a sport and an instrument and do it once a week. You know, that's that's that, there's a huge difference. I think every kid should do a sport or dance or something with movement, and I think every kid should pick an instrument or sing or something like that. But at what point do you let them say, okay, I've done this four weeks, I hate mm-hmm. it, let me try something else? Then you try something else. Yeah, but if your kid goes through the violin, the piano, the saxophone, the drums, like at a certain point, it's first of all, you've spent a fortune now renting stupid instruments and whatever. And no, I lessons. bought the violin cheap from you, Rebecca. <laughs> it worked out great because my daughter quit. Your daughter quit, and it worked out great for my daughter. Well, my you daughter could have brought a drum set from my son. So, so here's we need one. Here's actually. where I am on this. Okay, and I and I've never been one. I actually have to say that I. I always encourage my son to stick it out, always. Um, I try to teach him about teams. I try to teach him about people counting on him, even if he sucks, um, and being part of a team. And he will tell you to this day, if he woke up in the morning sick and said he didn't want to go to school, I mean, I say to you, what do you think my answer is? And he's like, I should go and give it a try, right? <laughs> and then say, like, and to this day, you know, in college, he would say, I really don't like this class, gonna, but I'm going to stick it out a little longer. Um, and that was kind of drilled into him. So he wanted to play the drums. He took all his bar mitzvah money, bought himself a drum set. I shared this with Rebecca last week. You know, it was great. The whole spare bedroom was taken up with this huge drum set. And my husband went wild and bought like music and all this stuff. So you know what happened when he left for college because he'd never played it. It sat there. My cleaning lady cleaned around it every other week for four years. And he finally came home and said, you know, I really should sell this drum set because I haven't used it in forever. So like good parents, I put an ad on Craigslist. We sell the drum set out the door. He gets his money. And a year later, he says to my husband, I wish you hadn't let me sell that drum set. (laughs) I really, really miss it. And I want to play the drums again. Well, true story. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. I like that that's unfortunate, but I still don't think that you should force a kid to do something they hate. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, you know? Like like he didn't hate the drums, like at that point, that he just hadn't picked them up in years and, and it was taking up space. It made sense to sell them. 
Be, having regrets is part of being an right, adult. Right, very true, very true. But he gave up lessons. You know, he gave up the lessons. But right. I'm also like, you know, I know someone else, no names mentioned, who's like, they'll be all, whole, oh my God, my son is starting lacrosse. It's the coolest thing and he's so awesome. And they go and they spend thousands of dollars on the uniform and the gear and the equipment. And they join the team and three weeks in, the kid realizes he's not the best player. You know, and he wanted to be the best. And so he decides he wants to quit and move on to something else. And the parent says, okay. Try soccer, you know, like, and goes yeah. to the next thing. I kind of feel like, you know, you're not going to be the best at everything, but try to find something you're good at. Yeah. Right. And stick with it. Right. And that's kind of what she was saying in this article was that, is it just fear, mm-hmm. failure or is it just you're used to a lot of things coming easy to you and therefore this doesn't and the whole idea of practicing. So for my daughters, I we ended up dropping violin and piano for each of them had that because they weren't selling it to Amy yeah they weren't <laughs> they weren't practicing in between their lessons and I thought this is stupid like why yeah. am I paying money for lessons the progress is made in between the lessons mm-hmm. right so if you're not going to practice I don't want to be hectoring you every day to practice 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 because at a certain point then it's just like the homework argument like I don't want that's not how I want to spend my time with my kids being like did you practice are you practicing I don't hear you practicing you got to practice and then feeling like it's just a waste of money and time for me to get them to music lessons and all that stuff. I will say my daughter always wanted to join things that involved some sort of uniform. <laughs> so she wanted to ice skate because she totally wanted that outfit. She wanted to do gymnastics. She totally wanted the outfit. Like anywhere she saw an outfit, tap dancing, totally wanted those shoes. Like, <laughs> like it so involved a thing. <laughs> Sounds like Fiona. And, you know, when I realized that, I was like, I will buy you the stupid leotard. and You can wear it to your heart's content, but I'm not signing up for gymnastics because I know, like I knew that wasn't for her. She had been asked to leave ballet class. Like it was like she was just not an organized class kind of girl. Um, she's a solo sport kind of girl. So I think that, you know, it's an interesting thing. And it's and it's kind of interesting because I was a ballet dancer. I assumed my daughters would take ballet. It didn't even occur to me that they wouldn't. And I enrolled them in ballet at like three or four, whatever ridiculous age, which I looked, was too young. But that's what everyone did. You took your kids to ballet and it's so cute. They're in their tutus and whatever. And she didn't, she sat under the piano. She wanted to see inside the piano. She wanted to see the piano work. She was way more into that. And they asked her to leave. And I was like, oh my God, I have the daughter who was asked to leave ballet because she was too distracting to the other kids because she made what she was doing look more fun. And like that was her personality. So I felt like, you know, at a certain point, you just have to go with it. So did you sign her up for piano after that? She was the violin. (laughs) She actually had a, she really did have a vision of herself playing the violin. I don't know where it came from. Um, and she was really good. That was the worst part of it was that she was actually very good um, and just didn't want to practice, like just didn't have it. And the truth was I don't play violin. And I think violin is one of those instruments when you see the kids who are really good, it's because they have a parent usually who plays well mm. um, or can play it. That's why Suzuki, they teach the parent with the child because um, it's a hard instrument. Like it's hard to know if your posture's right. Oh, it's, yeah. All that stuff is hard. Um, and I couldn't help her with that. And it sounded awful. Oh, my God, the practice. Oh, there's nothing <laughs> worse than, than violin Maybe practice. the recorder. The recorder also. Oh. I don't know. Um, violin's pretty bad. So when my daughter wanted to quit violin, I was like, all done. Amy's buying the violin. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so. I, I think that we got really lucky because, you know, Andrea, you were saying that these parents, they would spend thousands right at the beginning. We never did that. Mm-hmm. We would find something cheap. We would find something connected with the kids' school. My kids' school has um, a lot of... Uh, great after-school classes so that they can try it out for a semester and use the school's instruments. And if they don't like it, then they move on to something else. That's really helpful. Yeah, like we we actually bought the violin after Fiona had taken lessons for about a year and really liked it. She did it for another two years, and then she was done. She wanted to move on to something else. So 
you know, I think the total that we had spent was like maybe $300 on lessons and $100 on a used violin. That's, right. You know, mm-hmm. so if you can find a way to let them jump around to find their thing. I mean, my son tried several instruments before he found flute. And now, I guess I should make this announcement, he's going to LaGuardia High School <laughs> for performing arts. He made his decision for flute. So, you know, if he hadn't tried a bunch of different things, he never would have found that. So I just, I really feel like for every kid, there's something out there. That's no, a good I positive so story. Too. And yeah. I think in the article, one of the things that... um Catherine Lewis talks about in this article is making she had her kids sign an agreement oh I love that and it was so great because it said like I really want to do this I am willingly doing this and then whenever they kind of reneged and said you made me do this she's like no I didn't here's the agreement to show you and I thought she said this has actually been this worked beautifully like that taking herself out of it and just saying that was the agreement you signed like it's got a one-year contract on it so I highly recommend creating a written agreement. I wish I had done that a long time ago on things, but I think I'm going to do it moving forward. Well, that's like what I do with timers. Oh, timer says it's time to stop. You put the, the blame on the inanimate right. object, and it's not on you. Kids fall for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, even when they're older. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's it. So we'd love to hear if you've let your child quit. Um or if you don't let your child quit, and if not, how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> I, I'm guessing you're not the one taking them every week if that happens. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So this week we have a sponsor. This is super exciting for us, our first official Parenting Bites sponsor, and it's harrys.com. They are... A really amazing, super cool razor company, which at first I was like, really? Okay, I got men's razors and I'm going to work this in. But I have to tell you, you guys know my husband. My husband is the fourth of four children, right? Three older sisters. Could not be a more roll with it, like easygoing person. Everything has been thrown at him already. There are two things, though, that make him crazy. One is he has yet to meet a smartphone that he likes. He's tried them all. Samsung, Apple, doesn't matter. He hates them all. There's something wrong with every phone. And two is razors. I mean, he literally for years, his like he hates how much they cost. He hates the blades. He's tried to find places online where they're cheap. He like ordered cheap ones once and they were totally counterfeit and they were horrible. I mean, it's like a weird thing that he has about shaving. So I said to him, they're going to send us a set of razors (laughs) and you are going to try it. And I'm telling you, no joke, my husband is the pickiest person in the world when it comes to this. And I'm like, so how was it? And he was like, they were awesome. (laughs) Which I'm telling you people right now, it's so they come in this beautiful little starter kit. It's like a razor, three blades, and shaving cream. And it, I guess the whole deal is they bought this German razor company. And so they cut out the middleman. So they have this company in Germany that's been making razors for over 100 years, and they make these beautiful steel razors and these beautiful razor blades, and they cut out the middleman. So that's why it's actually affordable. Um, And you won't want to shoot yourself every time you go to buy razor blades and see the price or see them locked behind the glass. They deliver them to you. And he even liked the shaving cream, which for a man who, like, feel like they can slap anything on their face, I thought was hilarious. Um, So we have a special deal for our listeners. You can go to harrys.com. 
and use the code PARENTING at checkout, and you will get $5 off your first order of a starter set. So just use the code PARENTING. You get a month's worth of shaving for just $10, basically. You get the razor, you get three blades, and you get the shaving cream, and you get it delivered to you for free. It's $10 with the code. I just feel like you should try it. for your, And supposedly, I haven't tried it, but supposedly it's actually really good for women, too. And you're like, so I might snag his razor and try it and let you know how that goes. But go ahead to harrys.com, use code parenting at checkout, and tell us what you think. You get $5 off, but we want to hear after you use it, because I kind of think everyone's going to love it. And I know it's super early for Father's Day, but like, just do it. Do it for spring break, spring cleaning for your man, <laughs> for the man in your life. And so that's it, harrys.com, code parenting. Don't forget. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, so we're going to move on to our digital dilemma, which Amy brought up this week. Yes. Because, is it class picture time for you, Amy? No, I actually saw other people talking about it on TV, and I thought that we could just have a much more interesting discussion about it. <laughs> so, we all, we all love hate the class picture every year it comes around you pick your little package you know your your laser beam background or your reflection background (laughs) or their school got rid of all that our school only allows like the blue background but um i want the laser background it's not there the thing they allow now is photoshopping the photo and i think they always had retouching it just wasn't called photoshopping but they always allowed you to add the retouch because um, you know, because well, I feel kids like it showed acne. up in the last like five, six, seven years. Right. It well, wasn't there when my kids were real. Oh, little. now I think it's just cheap. Yeah, I now it's like ten. Bucks. It's so cheap. That's why. Whereas retouching, because I remember when my wedding pictures, they would retouch if oh, you yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And um, and actually, my husband, because he went and got a professional shave that day, thinking it would be better, and they totally cut up like his whole neck. <laughs> so he had to Photoshop. <laughs> Speaking of Harry's.com, um, he had to Photoshop. The, like he did. He had like like blood on his neck from oh. this horrible, like supposedly professional, like barbershop shave or whatever. So they were running into your makeup person going, Can you put makeup on this? Uh, it was awful. <laughs> it was like on his wedding day. He thought oh. he was doing something so special. Um, so the photo retouching. I, I mean, I guess the whole idea is this sends a terrible message to your kid that they can retouch their class picture, that your class picture is such an iconic. It's supposed to really capture what your kid looks like at that time. Well, right? it's and all. I, that, that's <laughs> the thing. I I had never, ever checked that box until my son started going through puberty. And I was like, when he's showing this to his kids when he's 30, do they really need to see the zits? Right. But you that's know, what temp- he looks like. But, temp- but the, the thing is, like, actually, a month later, he didn't. So, like, why? Because then we got him on Proactive, which is awesome, by the way. Thank <laughs> you he, for the recommendation, But now Rebecca. he can't do the Adam Levine commercial. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We don't have the before. We only have the... No, actually, we have a bunch of befores from camp. Um, <laughs> but so I felt like, why freeze that moment in time when it really wasn't a reflection of what he looked like? Or what if your kid falls and has a big bruise on their forehead or something like that? Like... It, I, I would never Photoshop out the goofiness and the awkwardness, but something like that that's like a temporary skin problem, yeah, gone. Well, I think it's so interesting because, right, every kid's using these Instagram filters anyway. Like, every kid yeah. is has a million, all of us have a million filters, soft skin filter, you know, movie star filter, whatever filter. So they're already f- 
doing this to all of I their the pictures. Makeup. There's one that like puts makeup on yes. you. I totally want to try that. You can so totally that you don't fake eyelashes. I don't have to wear makeup. Yeah. It will. It'll like yeah. give you fake eyelashes. I love and all it. sorts of stuff. But here's the thing. I mean, we talked to girls especially about Photoshop, right? About how these magazine spreads that they see where these models are stick skinny and they're perfect and they have no lines and creases and their breasts don't sag, you know, that it's all fake and it's all Photoshop and that it's terrible and that we should be showing women as they truly are. So I feel like on the one hand, you're sending this message, you know, be real, love who you are. And on the other hand, I feel like I could totally understand if my son had a big zit on his face on school picture day, I would want to take it off. Well, I would totally take it off. Here's how I feel about that. Because I was an actress for a bunch of years and I, you know, went through a bunch of headshots. And sometimes you would see somebody holding their headshot in an audition waiting room and it looked nothing like them. Well, it's it, like Twitter avatars now. Yeah. I mean, it was gorgeous, but like if you held it up next to their head, you couldn't tell that it was the same person. So I feel like this is the same thing. It should look like you at your best. And I remember Tina Fey had a really great thing to say about photo, about retouching and stuff um, in her book, Bossy Pants. And I don't, do you remember, anybody remember what magazine cover she was referring to? I think it was Vogue. Was it, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll post it on her Facebook page. But she said that this one particular magazine, she always loved the way that they retouched her pictures because they left the meat on her. They would like smooth things out and make her look at her best, but it still looked like her and she was still the same size, Mm. but she just looked fabulous. So yeah, it should look like the best of you. Right. That's a great way to put it. But still you. Yeah. Right, and I think for teens especially, like first of all, they it's get because it's such an awkward uh, stage so of their awkward, lives, and you get the pictures back at school, Ugh. so and everyone's looking at each other's pictures. Yeah, and you know, I mean, nothing's going to change. You're right. Like I wouldn't have them Photoshop out. Like if my kid lost their teeth, their front right. teeth, like that's the cutest stuff, right? Or freckles everywhere, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that. So acne. what is it? You explain how this works. You just check a box and say yes, please Photoshop if anything. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they, yeah, they came back great. Yeah. yeah. They know exactly what to Photoshop. They know exactly what you mean. And I do that to my like if if my if I take a great picture of my family and somebody has a giant zit, even if it's me, like that, I Photoshop that out. Why would you not? Right. No. Look, my brother-in-law is a photographer. He's an event photographer, and a lot of the work he when they have to get things photoshopped is mothers of the bride or things like that where they were smiling and had a lot of laugh lines and stuff like that and they never saw it before oh you no. know or an act like all of a sudden photo you know sometimes you see a photo you're like what yeah <laughs> you know and you do a lot of that work but it's the same thing like you're looking like this is a photo album you're gonna have forever like sitting out or wherever you put your wedding album and you know, you could see, like, not just you as a bride, but the mother of the bride or the whatever, that you want to look your your best. Your best. And you certainly felt like you looked your best that day. Yeah. So then when you get pictures back that you're like, maybe I didn't, or maybe that is my best, and that sucks, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Why should I like Photoshop for the masses? I'm all into How it. How do kids feel about this? I think kids want it. Like, I'm, I'm sure, look, I mean, our class pictures go into a drawer. Uh, yeah. We've never used them. They're never going to be the best pictures of my kids. They're never going to be my favorite pictures of my kids. They come back. I feel like we have to order them. I think looking you, back on you them give is them hilarious. To the grandparents. You give them I to don't the even give them to the grandparents. One in your husband's office. I mean, yeah. I also my brother-in-law is a photographer. Like I don't so give better them. I, we have great pictures. Um, and I just to me, they'll never look natural. They'll never be comfortable taking that picture. Yeah. Um, I like the class picture so mm-hmm. much more. I think it's the best because I, I love watching the different heights and all the different kids I've known all these years. 
but they go in a drawer. They're literally in drawers. And I mean, their preschool pictures, I think, are the greatest pictures ever because they're so funny. But and the missing teeth ones. But now that they're like in seventh and eighth grade, oh, whatever. I'll like tell you, my son's do. college pictures. I mean, I don't even know that we ever ordered them. We have the proofs. And, you know, they were so, they weren't great. You know, he hates taking pictures. He hates posing for pictures. He'd put on, like, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior 40, you know, so it was just not flattering of him at all and doesn't look like, he doesn't look like that anymore. And I just, now, if I could go back and Photoshop those myself, (laughs) maybe I would do that. But same thing. I mean, I never loved them. They're in a drawer, and that's it. I Um, hated my yearbook picture. I I love my kids' class pictures. My kid, I don't know. There's just something about that moment in time. I just love it. But I never asked them if they wanted to be, if they wanted to be Photoshopped. I'm paying for it. I check the box. Yeah, I don't even tell them. For all they know, they have perfect skin. <laughs> they look amazing. They're like, wow, thank God I didn't have a zip that day. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't remember. Yeah. I looked awesome that day. Okay. All right. Well, so that's so we're all for Photoshop for the <laughs> Yay! kids. Yes. Photoshop. And it. proactive. Yeah. Don't Photoshop out like your baby's thigh wrinkles. No, those are adorable <laughs> when they're a baby. Right. All right. So moving on to our bites of the week. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I can go first. Amy. <laughs> so on last week's show, my bite of the week was the banana bunker which is a plastic banana holder that looks like a sex toy. It's and ripped. for those of you who have not yet gone on the Facebook page and yeah. seen a picture of this in Amy's pocketbook, please do. Yes. I encourage you. Yeah. It's fun. I actually pulled that one out on the subway on the way home that day and ate it. Um, so <laughs> so we we posted that, uh, that podcast on Wednesday, I think, and I think on the same day, um, Groupon, put the banana bunker on their site. Now, I didn't know this. I woke up on Thursday, saw the banana bunker all over my feed, and went, oh, my God, everybody listen to our podcast. But no, it was was Groupon (laughs) selling it. And what came out of it was the funniest Facebook Q&A between customers and a brand ever in the history of the Internet. And we'll link to it, but, I mean, it was just all these mostly sexual questions that – this person, whoever does the Facebook page for Groupon, deserves an award. <laughs> um, and so, like, they had to answer them totally innocently. So, like, double and triple entendre were flying, and it, it was just hilarious. Like, there were lots of questions about the ribbing on the banana bunker. <laughs> or my favorite one actually wasn't sexual. It was, um, does it protect bananas from jostling? Does it protect banana owners from existential despair and crushing ennui? And Groupon's answer was, does anything sigh? <laughs> That's so it, awesome. It was, I, I think last time I checked, it had almost 12,000 questions. I don't know how long Groupon kept answering them. I doubt if they answered 12,000, but it, it went on forever. It was hilarious. We'll put a link up. That is very funny. <laughs> okay. Right, Andrea. So, um, yeah. Okay. So... One of the Get biggest the problems. Get your head. Head. I like that yourself. picture. You can't unsee this, okay? <laughs> Trust me, you cannot unsee this picture. So, um, phones. So, one of the biggest problems with phones, especially when you're buying phones for your kids, is storage. Costs money, right? So, I've been very fortunate to have gotten some review units of phones when I was at ABC because I would use them in my broadcast. And so, I always had like 64 gigs or 128 gigs of storage, and it never occurred to me. What happens when you don't have room on your phone? And so very nicely, I told my son last year I was going to upgrade his phone. I took him to the AT&T store, 
gave up my grandfathered unlimited data, which is a topic for another conversation because it'll take an hour about how much I regret it, but bought him a phone. And they said to him at that time, the only ones we have here are only eight gigabytes. And he said, great, because he just wanted this new phone. He was, I think it was a 4S at the time. So excited. Well, guess what? I learned very quickly how much a kid can complain and grumble about a brand new phone (laughs) when it only has eight gigabytes of storage. So I brought as my gadget to talk about this week this cool new product from SanDisk, which, as you know, is is known for storage products. It's called the iExpand flash drive. And it literally it's smaller than a credit card. It's got a lightning connector on one end and a USB on the other end. And what this does is it provides, this one is 128 gigabytes. Um, So for instance, if you're out and taking pictures or want to shoot some video or want to carry content with you, like a movie that you want to watch on on a plane or a train, all you have to do is carry this in your pocket. It's very teeny tiny and we'll take a picture of it and post it. And it, it's like adding 128 gigabytes of storage to your phone. Um, you can transfer all your pictures off of it and then turn around and put this into your computer, upload all the pictures onto your computer instantaneously, oh, and great. then go back and get rid of all the pictures on your phone. Amy mentioned before, one of the things it doesn't do is automatically delete the pictures, which I think is a safety thing. Um, Probably. I don't know Save that I would. people from yeah, themselves. For, exactly. So exactly. you have to transfer it and then go back and delete and them And then from go your back phone. and delete. Because some people like to keep certain pictures on their phone. I always like to know what I'm deleting. I don't want anyone to do yeah. my deletions for me. But to me, this is brilliant because you can really, you can bring a video, you can offload some stuff, you can shoot some cool video. Or remember when everyone was trying to upgrade to iOS 8 and you needed five gigabytes of storage just mm-hmm. to do that. Are you kidding me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And everyone had to go free content off their phone. They and dumped all, these all my art- videos. Yep, exactly. So you put it on here, you put it on your... Because co- part of my problem is I always forget to take the time to put what's on my phone on my computer. So um, these come in different, I call them flavors, but like 32, 64, and 128 gig. My only complaint about it is it goes right into your computer's USB, but because the form factor is so wide, yeah. you won't be able to put a USB next to it. It kind of needs to have a much longer um, connector, or maybe you need an adapter or something. Yeah, like I have clog up your computer's USB. I have an extender at home exactly. that's like four inches long for stuff like that. Exactly. That's the only uh, positive change I would make to it. Other than that, I'm all for it. Nice. Cool. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So my bite of the week is how my daughters get their political news, um, aside from BuzzFeed. So, um, so we obviously we were big in our big Daily Show and Colbert Report, and then Colbert Report left, and he has been replaced by Larry Wilmore and The Nightly Show, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't watched The Nightly Show yet, if you're still like mourning the loss of Stephen Colbert, you are totally missing out. And my girls, we basically laugh our asses off, but he talks about really important stuff in a really great way. And he does a panel, which is different than any of the other satirical nightly shows because um, it's not just him. So he always has a panel of like four people around a table um, after he does his intro segment. 
But he did one last week on the race together <gasps> Starbucks <Yeah. laughs> debacle that seriously is one of the funniest things you'll ever see, but one of the most poignant things you'll ever see. And uh, you have to see it, but it brought that to life for my daughters. And like, I know people are always afraid of it being inappropriate or whatever, but it's still basic cable. Like, there's only so inappropriate you can get on right. basic cable. Um, and it, it is just now our new rotation for how my daughters ingest their political news. They get, and John Oliver, of course, oh, yeah. on HBO is also just unbelievable. So like those two new additions to this area make me so much happier and like I'm less worried about Jon Stewart leaving. <laughs> I'm less worried about, but it's amazing to me how much my daughters get of their political news from that. And I'd rather them get get it from there than like CNN Mm -hmm. or you know well my son was at summer camp when Ferguson happened and I was trying to explain it to him but then I didn't need to because then he caught up on the daily show and all those other shows and he got it Mm -hmm. yeah you get it in a much better way I think it's an easier delivery and there's nothing wrong with a good healthy dose of satire (laughs) and John Oliver last week tonight not as appropriate but so excellent so excellent so so good but you know be prepared it's it's on HBO. It's wildly inappropriate right. mm. in but, an awesome way. But if you're looking to engage your kids yeah. in politics, I think it's a really good way in. Um, and certainly The Daily Show and The Nightly Show, they'll be a little more appropriate. But it's a really good way in for your kids into yeah. politics and for having those discussions and for presenting it in an interesting, entertaining way that is will engage them, not like, you know, the nightly right. news Right, it's a way to present CNN. it to them that they want to hear it and exactly. understand it and not, you know, be lectured and told right. what they Right, and then think. they actually want to learn right. more about it. Yep. Then they're like, oh, my God, what else happened? And that happened. So it's, it's and also they have really interesting people on. Yeah. So I'll say that, too. What I love about Larry Wilmore's show is he has people on that no one else is having on. So sometimes it's a comedian who might not know so much, and sometimes, but it's at least a much more diverse, interesting group of people he has on. It's not those horrible talking heads that are on Sunday morning political yep. shows, which are god-awful. Somebody's got to get rid of Peggy Noonan and George Will already. <laughs> That's my last plug. Somebody Pastor. get rid of them. Oh, really? It's time to go. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parentingbytes, B-Y-T-E-S. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just look us up at Parenting Bites or on play.it if you are an Android Windows user. Um, and let us know how you like us. Leave us questions on our Facebook page. Rate us on iTunes. Leave a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. Send us your digital dilemmas. Definitely send us your dilemmas, whatever they may be. Yes. Um, and that's it. Till next week. Thanks, ladies. Have a good week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.